Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I would refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 1st in the year of our Lord, 2024. You gotta love it, ladies and gentlemen. And we are live for New Year's Day. Why? Because we believe that you are our radio family. I believe in the God-ordained traditional family, a mom and a dad and children and all that. But I also agree with the extended family. We're the family of God. Yeah, that's right. All of us are God's children, and we should behave like it. We should be kind to one another and treat each other like it. And if we have disagreements, we should, with patience and kindness and long-suffering and love and <clears throat> respect and dignity, try to influence people to our way of thinking. Uh, but your parents don't deserve this, is what Dennis Prager talked about last hour about this pandemic or epidemic, whatever you want to call it, where we literally have children deserting their parents and denying them access to the grandchildren uh, and creating this big rift in the fundamental family. It is disaster and getting worse. We also talked about this survey. Three out of five Americans are absolutely lonely and it's getting worse. NPR claims they're shocked. I don't see why they're shocked. The things we're doing in society are fomenting this very reality that we face now. Uh, you know, everything you, that you do has consequences. You can make your choices, but you can't, you can choose what you want, but what you can't choose is the consequences of your choice, right? Uh, we need to understand that. A powerful earthquake hit Japan, triggering tsunami warnings. Our prayers are with those folks. You're going to have more and more calamities as we ignore the commandments of God Almighty. We talked about the Windwalker film, 1981, a Western film. We talked about wife, mother, extremist. Her name is Peachy Keenan, believe it or not, and she was on Dennis Prager and talked about she wants to be a domestic extremist. Really, she just wants to be normal. She's highlighting that in today's vernacular, you would call them domestic extremists. That's a woman who wants to be true to her husband, have a single man, a woman who believes that, you know what? A family is a worthy spend expenditure of time, that children are a sacred opportunity and obligation and we should take delight in these things uh, and so she challenges the official narrative that really lets you wind up alone and angry if you stand with traditional society we were talking about how important it is to get slices of time with one another time is one of the greatest things you can give someone and in little snippets of time you can make so much difference in a person's life and I was mentioning how I had these interactions with my grandmother. And they were small interactions, but I learned a ton from her. I gained tremendous respect from her. And I felt love and appreciation, even when sometimes I felt like my parents didn't make sense. Sometimes my grandma would make sense out of it for me. And I might have even walked away from the conversation thinking grandma's wrong too. But very shortly coming to the knowledge of, you know what? There's more ways to think about this than my way. And it doesn't mean the highway. And I learned so much from those inter interactions. And in society now with the COVID and everything else, we are literally isolating everyone, one from another, and it's got to stop. So Dr. Bradley was telling us a story about an old war buddy of his in World War II, or I guess who went through World War II, uh, and they would have these chats, and they would talk about 
all kinds of things that happened in their lives and what they went through and everything else and swapping stories. And it's kind of like what good old boys do. But there's a moral to the story, doctor. Well, uh, you know, this in the process of this swapping stories. And again, there's a, another one comes to mind is, and we might be able to dovetail it in that's family related, too. But the uh, but in this particular case, I mean, uh, there, the, the life was pretty gritty uh, in this setting in the Philippines and and uh, it, it, there were some life-changing experiences and 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 so one day I said to him I said Vern have you told your kids these things your grandkids he said oh no no they're not they're not interested in this I said no I, I really believe they would be I says someday somewhere there's going to be a grandchild or a great-grandchild that's going to say what did oh, what did, what made grandpa what he's like you know and and maybe he only had a few uh, interactions before grandpa died you know but but he said no no i'm i'm okay i'm not going to he said no write them down you got to write them down make recordings do whatever you can if you feel like you don't have writing skills just tell the stories but but the the perception was that his family just didn't care and that was tragic and kind of dovetailing that into an uncle of mine. Uh, now, I never knew him before World War II at all. Right. Before you go on to your uncle, though, I want to just kind of say this. And they, may, they might not care at the time. This is kind right. of the real interesting thing about time. They might not care at the time, but someday they may care. And there may be someone down the line, whether it be a family member, a distant relative, or maybe somebody outside of the family, that can take from those pages of wisdom from those well-lived experiences and apply them in meaningful ways. So I didn't know one of my grandpas, but I've read about him in books and, 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 and journals and references to him by my dad and by others and stuff to where, you know, this, this matters. This has tremendous value. What they want to do, what the communists, what the godless people want to do is divorce you from everything that can give you purpose and meaning in your life. They want to divorce you from everything that could give you stability and safety and protection. And okay, because that's the only way then they can conquer. If we dovetail our God family and our country experience together, um, you know, about how our founding fathers gave us a unique form of government like no other. Out of the 6,000 year history of the world, Christian based time frame. You know, you've got this Christian viewpoint. Okay. This is unique among nations. This God is more important than government viewpoint is unique in the world. Uh, and it's important that we don't take that for granted that we understand when it comes to the family, these, these treasured stories of experiences and, you know, who was this person and that person? These are so critical to preserve. And so for 2024, if you make a New Year's resolution, why not be one to document your history? Either learn about your uh, historical uh, progenitors, those who have gone before you, or write your own or some of both or whatever. There's a lot, a lot of ways to get that done. But it is rich and it brings people together. And it, okay, the communists would love nothing more than divorce us from everything we hold dear. And in the ashes of having nothing, they want a godless despair to take over. I believe the only time there's despair is when there's not hope. And despair comes from sin. Hope comes from trust and faith in God and trying to do what God wants. Hope and despair are opposites. Okay? 
just like truth and error are opposites. Anyway, I don't mean to digress from your uncle, but I want to kind of say we really need to understand these things. They matter. And even though you don't think they matter, they will matter to someone someday. Mark my words. And when they do, they can change lives for the better. They can give someone hope and purpose and encouragement and, and all these different things that, you know what, it was bad in World War II. It was bad in the Philippines, and it may be bad in America, but you know what, they made it through. They were, they were true to the cause, true to the to the to their themselves to their god to their those around them and we can be the same as the takeaway and now we dovetail to your uncle doctor okay and and honestly don't let me forget to see what we're doing with our educational system after i get done talking about my uncle for just a moment um i, I didn't know him before world war ii but by all accounts he was a really kind of a happy-go-lucky prankster he was just one of those kids that was a live wire World War II changed him. Uh, World War II, uh, you know, nobody really knew about PTSD in those days, and nobody really thought it was an issue. That I mean, you get over it, you move ahead, and kind of suck it up and do it, you know. And But he came back broken. I mean, literally broken. I mean, I always say he died in 1943, but didn't know it until 1963 when he when he passed from mortality. But, but he was... Uh, yeah. He self-medicated with alcohol, and uh, it, that further destroyed, you know, his family and everything else like that. His divorces, his kids estranged, and he, he was a broken man with his health that was horrid. And and uh, anyway, I used to sit on the lawn in our in the lawn chairs uh, and talk to him. And uh, I'm pretty confident he told me things he'd never told anybody else. But um, you know, he'd. He'd smoke his non-filtered cigarettes down to the butt and light the one, the next one with the do it. I mean, he was, he had all sorts of of uh, behavior that was just destroying him, and and to me, it was one of those things where uh, there were so many lessons to be learned. And and as a kid, I remember uh, just listening, and and that may sound kind of out of character for a lot of people that listen to us on the radio program. I just talk a mile a minute, but but just listening uh, and and knowing what he had gone through and and uh, giving him a vent, you know, it was it was one of those things that I don't know if it did any good, but uh, he died in 1963, December actually. But um, anyway, uh, family kind of left him behind in a way. And uh, he had no real contact, and and uh, I I don't know as I felt a duty or just as drawn to hear. I don't know, but at any rate, uh, maybe we need to do a little more listening. But but getting to what you were saying just before I conveyed that thought, um, how we lose our heritage. Uh, there is a strong movement af- afoot to not teach any American history prior to 1900. And so we would lose completely the the understanding that brought about you know the Civil War that should have never happened, the ideas of, of mercantilism and the Whig movement and the ideas of of the uh, dyna- dynamic character of America, the horrific things we did to the Native Americans, the founding era, all that would be lost, and and for there was a period I haven't done it so much lately, but there was a period some time ago in my life when I did reviews of, of new history books that were being put out for high school students. And I was absolutely appalled. I mean, this was a couple decades ago that I quit doing this, but I was absolutely appalled at the, at the lack of quality, the lack of, 
of uh, continuity of understanding that, that was in these U.S. history books. There were books that did not even mention the name of George Washington, except erroneously in the Whiskey Rebellion. Or Thomas Jefferson, not one mentioned at all about the principal author of the Declaration of Independence. They are putting these things down the memory hole, and there's a reason for that. And so they're replacing them, too. Know. Thomas Jefferson tied to Sally Hemming and these lies oh. about who he was and everything. Okay, so they're making up falsehood narratives to replace any honor, any dignity, any integrity these people had in history. Uh, our founding fathers, which I hold them dear, even though they weren't perfect. I agree they didn't have perfect lives. I agree with that. They're human, too. But they were wonderful people that, that brought some real unique changes, needed changes to the world uh, regarding the sacred cause of liberty. What they want to do, though, is they want to assassinate all their characters in historicals, uh, in the historical realm where none of those people have any value. They were just a bunch of charlatans and thugs and evil. And, you know, I mean, all they did was rape their slaves. And, you know, that's what they kind of want the narrative to be. It's completely false, absolutely dishonest. Am I defending these people as perfect? No, I'm not. But I'm also saying we cannot look at history through that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the term from a country song. You cannot look through whiskey glasses of deception. Okay, you got to look at things as uh, reality as things as they really are. Historically, as things as they really were. We need to do our very best to make sure we don't have on these whiskey glasses that would just make everything foggy and muddy and confused and, 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 and distorted in ways that, that all that does is bring harm to everything we hold dear. Their goal is intentional divorcing us from all of those things that can bring us hope that can bring us courage, doctor. And, and I think it's really a godless versus godly battle, discussion, narrative. It's that clear. In 2024, we need clarity on these things. And it is that clear of a battle. And that's where the lines are being drawn, doctor. Well, in, indeed they are. And, and they, uh, they come to, uh, well, there's, I, I, right now, there's a uh, an idea kind of, cogitating in my mind that uh, we have a sacred honor to the coming generations to be able to carry forth an understanding of the good, the bad, and the ugly of what we're going on. Um, uh, just what comes to, to mind, uh, just, uh, it just take a, it'll just take a couple of minutes, of maybe if it's okay with you, maybe you got some other ideas, but it came to mind when you were talking the farewell address that uh, General MacArthur um, stated at West Point, his, uh, where he went there and, and talked to the graduates. And again, this happened as Vietnam was, was going to ramp up. Yeah, and I'm going to say, just imagine if this could be. I Just imagine if it was allowed for something like this to be given today. Think oh, no, about it in critical, those terms. Yeah, critical race theory, Bravo Sierra. All of this stuff uh, that's splitting us and dividing us. I mean, if you, if we got just a few minutes, I don't want to have anything. But, no, but let's it do it. But, but think about if it could have been given today. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit about, you know, Noah uh, and the ark and stuff like that. What if Noah tried to build the ark today? He'd be all caught up in red tape and regulation and county and zoning laws. And it's, there's big jokes about that. If, you know, poor Noah's just sitting there saying, Lord, I can't, I can't build the ship because I... You know, and, and so we're not going to be able to prepare for the flood because government's too belligerent. There's a joke about that in our day. But I but I kind of give that parallel to what if this 
uh, speech from uh, years ago was given today. Put that in the context as you deliver this, Doctor. It was May of 62. And and to understand, you got to listen. I'm not going to do the whole talk, I mean, obviously, but I've found some little snippets that I think are probably of value. But but you'll understand if you listen to the end that they're not warmongers. This is not a military-industrial complex speech. It is a speech of those that stand in the gap. And we don't have that anymore. We intervene all over the world. We've got bigger problems than we can shake a stick at because of our military adventurism. But 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 just maybe just for a few minutes, okay. Here's his words, and I, I don't do it justice, but duty, honor, country. Those three hallowed words reverently dictate what you ought to be, what you can be, what you will be. They are your rallying point to build courage when courage seems to fail, to gain fa- faith when there seems to be little cause for faith, to create hope when hope becomes forlorn. In 20 campaigns on 100 battlefields around 1,000 campfires, I have witnessed that enduring fortitude, that patriotic self-abnegation, that invincible determination that have carved his statue in the hearts of his people. From one end of the world to the other, he has drained deep the chalice of courage. He's speaking to the warrior that stood in the gap. Okay, when he talk about he. In memory's eye, I could see those staggering columns of the First World War bending under soggy packs, on many weary march, from dripping dusk to drizzling dawn, slogging ankle-deep through a mire of shell-pocked roads to form grimly for the attack, blue-lipped, covered with sludge and mud, chilled by the wind and rain, driving home to their objective and, for many, to the judgment seat of God. I do not know the dignity of their birth, but I do know the glory of their death. They died unquestioning and complaining with faith in their hearts, and on their lips the hope that we would go on to victory, always for them, duty, honor, country, always their blood and sweat and tears as they saw the way and the light. Skipping ahead now, I'm, yeah, there isn't time, but their resolute and determined defense, their swift and sure attack, their indomitable purpose, their complete and decisive victory, always victory, always through the bloody haze of their last reverberating shot, the vision of gaunt, ghastly men reverently following your password of duty, honor, and country. The code which those words perpetrate embraces the highest moral laws and will stand their test of any ethics or philosophies ever promulgated for the uplift of mankind. Its requirements are for the things that are right. Its restraints are from the things that are wrong. No physical courage and no brute instinct can take the place of the divine help which alone can sustain him. We're just about done, I I know. There is no substitute for victory, that if you lose, the nation will be destroyed, that the very obsession of your public service must be duty, honor, country. Your guidepost stands out like a tenfold beacon in the night, duty, honor, country. The long gray line has never failed us. That's, by the way, the referring to the gray uniforms of West Point. Were you to do so a million ghosts in olive drab and khaki brown and blue and gray, again a reference back to the Civil War, would raise 
from their white crosses, thundering those magic words, duty, honor, country. Okay, that's, that's, okay, I'm done with that. The, the self-abnegation. I mean, these, uh, we have fallen so far. I mean, 1962 was, was not, it was on the cusp of Vietnam, okay? Uh, and what we've done since then is we have stuck our noses into every single stinking scrape that happened across the world. And, and guys like Lindsey Graham, they never saw a scrape around the world. They didn't just ache to get some Marines killed in. And, and uh, you, you've probably heard his public statements about it. We ought to go bomb Iran with their oil fields and their uh, military bases. I mean, these are complete imbecilic statements by people that are in the most senior leaderships of this leadership of this country. They serve the military-industrial complex. They serve the, the deep state. They serve the greater tyranny that will come as we lose the principles this nation was founded on. And we don't have people learning these principles anymore. We have completely, through dereliction of duty, failed to teach these in our schools. That's why you get your kids out of the public indoctrination centers. Bring them home. Teach them. Love them. Build the family unit and, and build the heritage that we had. Understand great mistakes were made and continue to be made. In fact, almost everything we do right now is a mistake. If not a mistake, it's purposely destructive of the nation. But honestly, Sam, people, if they don't understand where we've been, they can't understand where we're going. And, and we're going to be on the wrong track. I guarantee that we are failing as a nation. And nations as great as they have been have failed in the past. The Roman Empire, nobody thought could, could drift away, did. Egypt did. Babylonians did. The, the Persian Empire did. The Greek Empire the British Empire. I mean, you name any empire that has lost its way, it has fallen. Some of these were never founded on too good a status anyway. But we're in a, we're in a real crossroads. And, and as you talk about New Year's, we ought to talk about how we, we might get back on the right track this year. Ladies and gentlemen, I am telling you, this broadcast is designed to focus on what it's going to take to get us on the right track for 2024. I'm convinced that you need to start with the Ten Commandments. You need to turn to God, not government. I'm convinced that the battle lines are drawn between the godless and the godly. Communism is godless and is Satan's religion. And socialism and any other of these kind of uh, words we use to soften the blow all lead, all of those roads lead to the same place. This is a, an epic battle. It is a continuation of the war in heaven on the earth today. And in 2024, it's important that we learn those battle lines, that we spend our time, our talents, our effort, all that we have uh, to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property and to do so in a way that can help people really understand. And I think that they really want to attack God in every way. They want to attack the family in every way. They want to attack our country and our origins in every way possible. And they want to obliterate that. I know I've repeated this many times, but I really want to make this abundantly clear. The battle lines are drawn between godless versus godly, Dr. Bradley. Isn't it that simple of a discussion? 
It, indeed, it is. It always has been. I mean, or whose side are you on? You know, you know. The, you talk about if God be God, let's let's quit dilly dallying around and wondering about it. Let's let's move forward. I mean, uh, choose ye this day whom ye will serve. I mean, the old adage from Joshua. I mean, you, you look all through history. There are crossroads, and every one of us have crossroads in our own lives. And, and you cannot cross- serve. You cannot serve two masters, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, you can uh, let the wheat grow at the tares for a while, but at some point it's going to become abundantly clear. My prediction for 2024 is these lines that we speak of are going to become more and more self-evident. Hang tight. Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, and yours truly on Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Corey Myers. The tsunami warnings that were issued after a 7.5 magnitude earthquake shook Japan have been scaled back. Residents in west central Japan were seeking higher ground after that quake triggered tsunami warnings. There have been strong aftershocks and rescue teams are trying to search for survivors in the rubble of homes and buildings. About 33,000 people right now are without power and some areas have giant cracks in roadways and parts of the earth that makes it very difficult to get to hospitals. There's a much-anticipated list of names set to be revealed in the new year. The release, ordered by a federal judge in New York, could shed more light on who worked with or profited from prolific billionaire and alleged sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein was found dead of suspected suicide in a jail cell in 2019. Thus far, since details of Epstein's alleged crimes have come to light, the list of 180 names has remained mostly redacted and out of the public eye. U.S. District Judge Loretta Preska issued a 51-page order approving the release last month. I'm Ryan Daniels. Ukrainians marking the new year with a day of mourning in Kiev. The death toll has risen from Russia's latest and largest aerial barrage of the war. There are now at least 52 deaths confirmed since Russia sent 150 cruise missiles and attack drones at targets across Ukraine on Friday. Ukraine did respond on Saturday, hitting a Russian border town with an aerial bombardment and killing an estimated 20 Russian civilians. A much-anticipated Ukrainian counteroffensive in late spring and summer 2023 has mostly stalled and front lines appear as though they may remain static throughout the coming winter. This is USA News. I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor, Get the Tea. Get the Tea carries all natural non-GMO organic teas and supplements made in the USA. Get the Tea's ingredients are the purest available. My favorite is Life Change Tea. Life Change Tea is a gentle daily cleanse containing 12 herbs that when combined really keep things moving. I drink it every day and my energy has never been better. I'm feeling great. Life Change Tea comes in three delicious flavors, natural, peppermint, and pomegranate. It's an easy and delicious way to keep your digestion on track. And for those on the go, try D365. D365 is Life Change Tea in a Capsule. 
drink the tea, or take D365 capsules and keep your digestion running smoothly. Go to GetTheTea.com and enter discount code USA to get 10% off any size order. That's GetTheTea.com, discount code USA for 10% off your order. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly, devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas, like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. We are indeed live New Year's Day, ladies and gentlemen. It's Dr. Scott Bradley, FreedomRisingSun.com. Check out his incredible curriculum to preserve the nation. It's a DVD set series with lectures and education. Uh, it's a book, a workbook, an educational book. There's chapters on literally everything under the sun. The whole goal is to preserve the nation. We declare this nation shall endure, ladies and gentlemen. I know it uh, doesn't seem pleasant, and I know it seems like the fat lady's already sung, but that's a lie that the communists want you to believe uh, as well that you uh, cannot, must not fall for. Um, fundamental battle lines are drawn, the godless versus the godly. And I predict in 2024, you'll see more and more of this uh, evidence, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and one of the things that a lot of people are afraid to talk about is this gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, you know, LGBTQ plus stuff. Uh, a lot of people are afraid to discuss it. I'm not. I think God's very clear. We need to love those around us, even when they make choices that are against God's laws. But we need to separate the sin from the sinner. And just because we believe that the gay and lesbian and bisexual, transgender, all these lifestyles are sins, it doesn't mean that we hate others or that we're bigots. That's the lie that they tell you. You can have these views because God set forth this reality, these fundamental truths. It doesn't mean that you're a bigot or a hater or that you're evil or that you're 
a phobe of some kind that you've got some phobia or okay that's just the way they mock you label you ridicule you shoehorn you whatever word you want to use into a deceptive viewpoint well i bring this up because if there's one there's two things that i think are destroying america more than almost any other uh, number one is this morality religions issue you know people now don't have morality don't have religion in their lives and so the they're striking at the heart of the very family but the battle lines are drawn, and one of the ways they can prevent the family from continuing is with this gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender lifestyle. And then what they do is if you disagree with a kid that goes gay or that whatever, uh, then, hey, just jettison those parents. Get rid of them. Don't need them in your life. They're negative. They're toxic. They're horrible. They're bigots. They're, and they fraction, fractionalize all of us over this. But there's some statistics that are startling that I really want to bring up that relates directly to this. I believe the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender agenda is one of the greatest threats to the human family ever devised by man. It's evil and it's godless. Listen carefully. They say the data's in, and they then highlight in this new study the gayest states in America. And they say young adults, 18 to 24, um, are really doubling down in the gay, lesbian agenda, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. The Daily Caller writes this piece. And the District of Columbia, that's Washington, D.C., are you surprised, has the highest percentage of gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and I don't know if it's queer or questioning, but either way, according to a UCLA study released in December, Washington, D.C., 18 to 24-year-olds are the biggest group. In the nation's capital, 14.3% of the population claim to be part of that community, meaning the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender community. Think about that. 14.3%. The number's huge. Now, there's a bunch of states, by the way, that are close on its heels, in a way. Um, the top states, Oregon, Delaware, Vermont, New Hampshire, are topping 7% of their population's identifying as LGBTQ as well. The study is by the Williams Institute at the University of California uh, in Los Angeles, I guess, or whatever. Think about those numbers. That's startling, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? Now, they say the total in America is 13.9 million, roughly 5% of the population. Okay, this has not always been true, but the numbers are ticking up because the mainstream press promotes this. An estimated 1.55 million people in California, they say that's the largest group or the largest or the state that has the largest population. Um, they say 35.9% of this population, gay, lesbian, bisexual, comes from the South which includes uh, Texas and Florida and reaches all the way up to Maryland and Delaware. Then they go on to how many are in the West, all over the place. Young adults from 18 to 24 years old are the most likely to identify with 15.2% ages 30 or 25 to 34, 9%. So you can see generationally, as we divide families, the numbers go up. 
as more and more and more people end up absolutely alone. Dr. Bradley, these statistics are startling, uh, but I believe the key to this is to call it what it is. It's a godless agenda designed to destroy families and to destroy God's plan of procreation. In other words, his plan for the next generations to come to earth. His plans for the human race are being absolutely assaulted by this agenda, which is growing. The more we leave religion and morality and the more we embrace this, uh, in my opinion, godless doctrine that the gay and lesbian lifestyle, it's of no harm. They don't mean any harm to you at all. They were born this way and you just need to love them and be kind and accept them. And no, they will create the very undoing of everything we hold dear by their lifestyles and by their very against God or godless natures if we allow it to occur. Now, I know I'm going to be just slaughtered for being a bigot and a hater and so evil. It's beyond imagination. But look, somebody's got to have a clear voice on this, doctor. Somebody's got to stand tall. Might as well be me. (laughs) I would say so. It's interesting. There are so many facets of this. And and, uh, and because I don't know, I'm going to mention something just first that I could not document back up but i just have to ask the question i just have to ask is there something going on in all of these injections that were being forced upon us that it might i mean i know they mix baby uh, aborted baby tissue in it stuff maybe there's stuff that's exacerbating and, and accelerating this problem and and i couldn't scientifically say that i believe it needs to be um, it needs to be researched heavily but there's many, many more things that are facilitating this. The media certainly is uh, is playing up to that. Almost everything Disney does anymore has some kind of spin and twist on it that's indoctrinating the kids. And, and even this latest, uh, I don't know, big movie, I don't know what it is, about Barbie. I mean, it, it, it undermines the family. But, but so many of these made-up sexual status things are in an undertow from Disney. So their media systems are doing it. But but the educational system is we've mentioned before the uh, the idea that uh, our education system is is a humanist godless philosophy that has become the religion of of the the nation. It's become the the humanist manifestos have become the de facto lesson plan. I'm just going to quote. Uh, a little statement. I know I, I bring in things all the time that are maybe, this is not very long, but this is, again, this is out of the Humanist Manifesto. This is what they're using to set the lesson plans throughout American schools. So here's what it says. In the area of sexuality, we believe that intolerant attitudes, often cultivated by Orthodox religions and Puritanical cultures, unduly repress sexual conduct. The right to birth control, abortion, divorce should be recognized. Neither do we wish to prohibit by law or social sanction sexual behavior between consenting adults. The many varieties of sexual exploration should not in themselves be considered evil. A civilized society should be a tolerant one. Individuals should be permitted to express their sexual proclivities and pursue their lifestyles as they desire. Moral education for children and adults is an important way of developing awareness and sexual maturity. So all of these are just loaded terms that we hear constantly that are being uh, foisted upon the children. And this idea of proclivities and lifestyles, it's being taught openly, continually 
in our education system. Now, it, it and, just, it, and our it, tax dollars are funding it. So to those of us who uh, – look, I have people that I know that are gay and people that have transgendered and things like this. And I do think that we need to be kind to them. We need to realize they are God's children. We need to be gentle and kind about it. But that doesn't mean that we need to create a dumpster fire out of our beliefs. Okay, I have every right to believe that God makes the rules. He's the creator. He's the author. And so when he says there's male and female, and there's a binary, there's two genders, I believe God. And when the science documents that same reality, I follow the science to mock their term a little bit, but to be true about it. Okay, this isn't something that we can just make up on a whim. This is not something that I'm at liberty to, to redefine or to change. This is truth. Males are males, females are females. And the only way for the human race to perpetuate, to continue, is through this sacred procreative blessing that God gave man and woman. One man, one woman with fidelity to one another uh, to stand together uh, and, and face God together and be accountable for their actions and, and uh, to be responsible for the generations that come after. Okay, these are fundamental responsibilities that we cannot duck, we cannot avoid, and we cannot leave this culture war discussion uh, because it's too hot or I don't want to be a bigot or, uh, man, I just, I, I don't want, okay, you can love others, you can be kind to others, but you don't need to dumpster fire your own beliefs or the truth on those altars. To be kind and gentle and loving to someone, telling them the truth is actually the most loving thing you can do. That doesn't mean that you need to persecute them or be hostile or mean or evil or anything like that. But it does mean the best thing I can do for them is point true north. And on that, stand firmly and then be as kind and gentle, as loving as I can be. But I can be firm in this and the, let the labels fly because I say the truth shall set us free, doctor. You know, the... Going back to the Humanist Manifesto, just very briefly, the Humanist Manifesto too. You know, the, this sounds like it's pretty freedom-minded. You know, the, here's the quotation: "The state should encourage maximum freedom for different moral, political, religious, and social values in society." But what are those ones that they're promoting? Those ones that they're promoting take off all all of the gates, the boundaries, the the things that society has found over the years allows society to continue to exist. You know, government is really there to prevent force, fraud, and debauchery. And if the debauchery that's being allowed, what was it, DeWine? Wasn't that Ohio that just said, oh, no, we're not going to prevent uh, the children, little children from being emasculated and, and uh, sterilized uh, surgically? We, we don't have any right to interfere with that. It's like Bravo Sierra. Okay, so you don't have any right to prevent murder, Rape, pillage, plunder. Yeah, you do. That's debauchery is what's happening. But there, we've, we've bought into this. And, and you look back at, um, oh, the Hugh Hefners of the world and the Larry Flints of the world that, that decades ago began the, the undermining of, of the, the whole tradition of family. And, and you say, oh, well, a woman's right to choose. That came out of a man saying, I don't want to take responsibility for the child I have conceived. And so now we're going to say, for a woman to be free, we have to make sure she can kill the baby. No, this was men saying, 
you really don't want to have to take this child because that'll mean I have responsibilities. Everything that's happening is unraveling this at the very core. And and so I, I guess I say we're under assault um, at, at every level, and, and we need to double down on our commitment to the traditions of God that are found, you know, in our biblically-based society, which was the basis of the establishment of this nation. So, you know, we've we've just got to we've got to turn our hearts back to God. I think that's what your message is, Sam. Yes, it is, and my message also is: don't be deceived by this kind of a idea that it, you know what. If one thing is the case, then the other's the case. So if Sam doesn't back and support and promote the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, whatever lifestyle, that Sam is somehow an evil, uncaring, hateful, bigot, you know, a homophobe or whatever. No, okay, that's a lie. I can stand with God on a point and be true to that and still be a very kind, gentle, loving person. And I can respect the choices of others. They have the choice to choose that lifestyle. But I also have the choice to politely say that I believe it's wrong and it will lead to disaster in society. Okay, 13 point whatever million people now are gay. That's what, basically uh, 5% of the population. That number is rising quickly. And generationally speaking, it's way beyond that. And that's why, you know, at at the start of the broadcast, we started talking about grandma and grandpa and mom and dad and these multi-generations because you see the change. Okay, now I'm not for the persecution of gay and lesbian uh, people by any means. And I think if they uh, are denied their rights uh, as individuals, that's wrong. We all have the same rights. There's no such thing as gay rights, ladies and gentlemen. That is a lie. Rights are given by God, not by governments. And God gives us inalienable rights, all of us. And when we obey his laws, those rights are protected and can be protected. When we turn against God's will and God's laws, we lose that protection. That's what this is about. So if I refuse to discuss this topic or if I am too soft on the topic and don't provide clarity, I become part of the problem, Dr. Bradley. I don't become part of the solution because people are mixed up. People are confused. They think that they need to jettison their views to be loving and kind, and that's a lie. The most loving and kind person that I know is God Almighty. They're his children and he loves them, but he doesn't equivocate on these points, not one bit. We should do the same. You know, again, so much of this goes back to what we've allowed to be an avalanche of uh, misinformation in our our education system, our media system, our churches, actually, have, have even fostered this about the loving kind misconception. But, but, you know, you look at this, uh, how, how we teach our children. Man's reason is God. There's no divine God. We teach the uh, anatomy and mechanics of reproduction. We teach alternative lifestyles. It's a euphemistic term. We teach solutions, euphemistic term, to unplanned pregnancies, meaning abortion. We teach socialistic democracy. We teach redistribution of wealth. We teach euthanasia and the right to die. We teach situational ethics. All of these things are what our children are being immersed in. And and then we wonder why they they go off track. And I've got to tell you, if your kid is being indoctrinated with this, you know, 
it's it's seven hours a day, let's say, and then they do homework for several more hours, and mom and dad let their them be entertained by their uh, by some kind of device, electronic device. Uh, bring your kids home, teach them your standard and your values. There's a there's enough of the devil's advocate out there that you can counter it somehow. I mean, an hour a week or a month or whatever it is in Sunday school is not going to counter the humanistic school perspective and the entertainment media stuff. Um, recently, uh, we had a, a granddaughter, that a little girl that turned two years old, and my wife was looking for a present for this little girl and and was in Walmart for you know to get that present. You know, where do you go for a two-year-old's present? Anyway, and she said there were aisles of Barbie stuff. And I haven't seen the movie. I'm not going to see the movie. I absolutely will not. I refuse to. But everything I've heard about that, it's an attack on divine roles. And and they start out with babies, little children, little girls, smashing their dolls. They're no longer going to have this role model of, I want to be a mom when I grow up. I mean, come on, people. We allow ourselves to be indoctrinated. Then we wonder when the kid goes off the track. Oh, how did that happen? Well, it, everything's encouraging it. And if you don't take control of this in a, you know, a godly way, in a loving way, in a what would Jesus do kind of a way, it's going to continue, and and you're going to be completely drowned out by the noise of the world. And alternative lifestyles are just one of those things. You know, they. Uh, if if all of the celebrities in the world were to be looked at as icons or heroes or whatever, most of them are moral, spiritual derelicts. And they party hardy between rehab and unplanned pregnancies, for crying out loud. And, and it, it's just Well, the and they sadly end is. up with divorce after divorce after divorce or whatever like that. I mean, you know, they even, uh, when Taylor Swift gets a new boyfriend, they even start to write the song for her that'll be the, the breakup song to, to mock her and to get rich on the, the spoils of the, of the relationship gone south. And there's people that have actually written songs jokingly saying, hey, here's the song coming up. Um, this is how bad it's become. And we need to look towards godly people our leaders for our examples for our role models we need to look to god and those who to follow him this is not uh, something that's just a a theory we must live in this in a day-to-day reality dr bradley and that's why i bring this up i know that the haters are just going to hate on me for this and i'm not suggesting to be unkind to anyone but i am suggesting if we can repent and return to these principles we can be a blessed nation once again we can be a blessed people, a delightsome people. We can have families. People won't feel so alone. People won't feel uh, if they're elderly left, um, you know, to die. Or if they're young, they'll actually be welcomed to the world by God Perhaps. that gave them life and by the family that accepts and loves them. We can change these things if we teach proper principles uh, and, and some would say, Sam, it's too late, or Sam, your words are not enough, or whatever they want to say. My response is it's our obligation to highlight these realities every day and be consistent about it and spread the word of uh, that there is hope, that there is a future, but it depends on our actions as individuals and as families. Doctor? Okay. 
you know, we're at the end of an, another two-hour segment, and perhaps we can end with some positive affirmation kind of suggestions instead of saying, oh, ain't it awful. So I would say we must teach the hope of divine purpose and our origins. We've got to teach that. We've got to teach that morality that throughout all history has kept society functioning. That morality is not just there as a, oh, what are we going to do next? This has, a, this has been from time in the beginning. We've got to teach chastity. Chastity truly matters. Virtue matters. Washington started his inauguration speech with talking about uh, public and private morality and virtue. We've got to teach marital fidelity. It's got to be taught. And then from the government point of view, that we've got to teach the United States Constitution in the tradition of the Founding Fathers. We've got to return to the baseline principles that allowed us to become this greatest, freest, strongest, most happy, most prosperous, most respected nation in the world. They're there. We know the back trail. So in short, we need to teach the ennobling, the uplifting, the, the educational process which established and sustained this nation that we've abandoned. And it's been abandoned for decades. I mean, uh, J John Dewey and his humanist manifestos came out beginning in the 1930s. They've become the de facto lesson plan. He's considered the father of modern mo education. And it's, he's a Johnny-come-lately. These other things have been around thousands of years. They work. We know the path back. The path is well-marked if we'll just sit down and give consideration to it. And, and we can bring our families back together again. We can bring our nation back together again. We can be the light on the hill to the world. And we don't have to export war. We can export concepts of liberty. Knowledge. You want to know what the best news is, Doctor? What's that? We can start now, and it's something that we can do individually. It's something that we can do in families. It doesn't require a bunch of money. It does not require us to change the law. It does not require anything but an internal desire, a little bit of hope, a little bit of faith, a whole lot of commitment and trust in God Almighty, and the willingness to just stand. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, two hours of what I believe to be Solutions for America. Start with the Ten Commandments and the two great commandments. Love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor. Start with understanding that it's God, family, and country that are keys to success. The traditional God, family, and country. It is a battle between the godly and the godless. Let's be on the godly side, shall we? That's my prayer for 2024. Pro-life should be the key going into this election. Will you stand for life and stand with God or not? I pray for us all. LovingLiberty.net, FreedomsRisingSun.com. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Yeah.